cosmetic surgery. Should we? Could we? Would we? It's time to dive into the sometimes controversial conversation about cosmetic surgery. Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My take is that in everything in life, there really is no right or wrong. There is no yes or no judgment to be made on a society as a whole. There is, however, an opportunity to guide with wisdom or experience. However, the ultimate choice is one to be made solo, one coming from a place of self-awareness. I believe you need to do in life whatever you need to do to have the best life for you, one that is authentic and in alignment with that which you are to experience in this incarnation. And that does take self-awareness. And with strong influences in society today to be physically perfect and being bombarded by marketing that continually shares what is perceived to be wrong with us. Today, we discuss cosmetic surgery. I remember when my girls were little at the turn of the millennium, I had a fancy tissue box I'd made that sat in their bathroom with words all over it saying, I am beautiful inside and out. I am enough. I am worthy. I love me. And I used to write messages on their bedroom mirrors of similar beliefs. Actually, I should probably go back to doing that again now, now that they're older teenagers. That's a good self-reminder. I deliberately started their education from a very young age to balance the inside and out. Two thoughts were going on here around that time for me. They were both born very pretty babies and likely to grow into attractive women. Having seen many attractive people struggle in life to connect to their internal beauty, often as a result of having received excessive validation from others on their physical appearance, I wanted the girls to be balanced with internal strength and self-awareness and self-validation. I was also concerned, even back then, at the pressure to be physically something that doesn't really exist in real life. Photoshopping had become huge and distorted images of perceived physical beauty were starting to emerge at an alarming rate in the media. And with this, the normalisation and easy access to cosmetic surgery. And so the questions around cosmetic surgery start, should we, would we, could we? And maybe the bigger question for me to ponder was, and continues to be, what really is cosmetic surgery? Is cosmetic surgery purely for the ego? Or is it a valuable tool to help the outside to match the inside? Does surgery that changes external appearance assist in learning to love the internal? Is our primal need for social inclusion and connection justified in having surgery? I remember even asking the question on a national TV show I was on years ago. Is circumcision cosmetic surgery? Then, of course, there's the spiritual questions. Is it spiritual to have it? Now, I don't have all the answers. However, with all these questions, if I were to consider having cosmetic surgery, these are the topics I would ponder to find my truth, the truth that's right for me and not for somebody else to say yes or no to. The so-called perfect spiritual image is just as judgmental and unobtainable as the perfect physical body is. To be someone who never hurts another, who lives vibrationally high 100% of the time, who leaves no carbon footprint, eats organic homegrown foods, makes only conscious choices, has mastered the subconscious, is successful in activism and floats through life with light emitting, I don't know, superhero style from angel wings. (laughs) It doesn't exist. So I say, say yes to whatever you need or want to. However, do it with deliberate, conscious awareness and not without questioning. Today, I have two gorgeous Love Life Tribe listeners joining me after a post in the Love Life Tribe Facebook page 
from a very caring and conscious parent who was asking for opinions on cosmetic surgery because he wanted to discuss this with his growing up daughter. I thank Sasha and Rubia for joining me in today's episode to share their very real and vulnerable stories. Hi, I'm Sasha from the UK. Cosmetic surgery. What's your take on it all? How do you feel about this? My main thing, and I've thought this through a lot since the discussion started, my main thing is how did we as females get to the point where we were actually prepared to put ourselves in danger for the sake of our physical appearance? And I say that because I see it as an extension and it's become an acceptable extension of the beauty industry and I did a little bit of research and a few little interviews one of which is a friend of mine going back 20 years and she's huge in the industry and partnered with a Vogue editor and running her own company very successfully she's had her own makeup range as well and been a a massive success in PR and she she grew up partly in LA she's there now and she emailed me and said everybody's having it done like everybody she meets is having it done it's just really normal out there she's my age and she said she hasn't got to the stage where she would think of having it done my main distinction in my head is we've crossed the line from it being maybe fun and you know things like plant masks and fun things or a bit of lipstick when you're growing up into actually electing surgery which is dangerous and so I I do feel that's that's a huge issue for me personally and so when the comment came up um I I could understand where this man was coming from and yet I had some other takes on it as well. So I, I, I was just absolutely hooked, fascinated by the subject. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big, big discussion that probably needs its own podcast series to explore much more than we can explore in our allocated time in one episode. However, I agree with you that I am concerned that it has become expected normal and therefore people that are not wanting to have cosmetic surgery are feeling like if they don't they are going to lose out on opportunities and I follow all of the reality shows I love getting stuck into the Real Housewives series Oh, yeah. I follow, of course, Patty Stenger, who is Millionaire Matchmaker, because, you know, I'm a matchmaker. Absolutely. And without a doubt, if you have wrinkles, if you have not the perfect nose or the perfect breasts, or if you haven't got clear skin, if you've got freckles or blemishes or normal stuff, which has now become unacceptably normal, You have to fix it or you're not going to get the man. You're not going to get the date. You have to fix it or you're not going to get the job. You have to fix it or you're not going to get opportunities in life. People won't believe you. They don't want to be a part of something that's not perceived as perfect. I suspect as somebody who I love watching trends because trends excite me when they're in the positive And when I see trends in the negative, it gives me a direction of perhaps where collectively as a consciousness, we are needing more love, more support, more acceptance, more compassion. So when I see this trend, I feel that deeply it does come down to self-worth. Yeah. Or we are increasingly externally requiring validation for our worth. Yeah, But I have to ask too, what about the flip side? What about mm. the person who has tried to embrace who they are authentically? They've grown up with disfiguration. Yeah. And again, that word in itself is probably not the right word because they've grown up uniquely as they are, yet they've been ridiculed and shamed and belittled from the time that they were able to be aware of people finger pointing and staring. There's a wonderful surgeon that I had the privilege of working with going back about 15, 20 years ago here in Adelaide called Dr. David David. And he's a craniofacial surgeon. 
and he specialized in bringing children from Southeast Asia who uh, have cleft palate through the war, uh, Vietnam War. Mm. There were a lot of, you know, children that were born with incredible disfigurations and he would bring them here and perform what I can only say was miraculous surgery. And I was involved in much of his fundraising back in the 90s. And I watched him help children to be able to live more ordinary lives. And in my mind, and I'm not saying my mind at all is right, I found that surgery amazing. Yeah. Where do we draw that line, though? You know, what's who are we to judge what's acceptable and what's not versus the child who has the really big chin and underbite, which is not affecting his or her health in any way, but has Mm. affected their sense of self-worth from day one. And they wait till they're 18 and they have waited for years to have this surgery and they have it and they feel beautiful afterwards. Yeah. It's a hard line to find, isn't it? You know, can we draw a line in the sand? I feel it's around intent. What is the intent for the individual? Yeah, yeah. I think with every argument that we could, any debate we could enjoy having, you know, the one that springs to mind is from my college days around pornography and saying what is art and what is um you know, in an art gallery, in a painting, why is it different in a porn magazine? Because it's still a woman that's naked. And where do you draw the line? And there was all this, in you know, all this intellectual discussion about where you drew the line. And one day, I'll, I'll find out one day where I heard this. It stayed with me 30 odd years. And someone said, the person producing the porn magazine knows exactly what that line is. So in other words, there is a line because what makes it into the porn magazine is porn (laughs) and they know what that is. And I would say somewhere you do you do know you can easily say a child that has an injury, that surgery is um, something very different from electing to do something to yourself physically or for for an anti-aging pressure. And the child that has maybe, I mean, I've seen a lot lately on YouTube where there's um, not much of a jawline. It's quite, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's quite a distinct difference. It is a, actually a medical term for it. I'm sure we can <laughs> we can look at it later and some people will know what I'm talking about. They've got, it's not so much an overbite, it's just a, not a structured jawline. And it makes them look, you know, it's it's very attractive in the movies to have this very chiseled jaw, male or female. I think it speaks volumes that it's mostly a female issue. And I would say things like, we all dye our hair, we get to a certain age. That's right, we dye our hair, we have false fingernails, we wear exactly. makeup. In fact, I remember saying, I've often said to men that are shorter and wanting to date, if if they're like, you know, five foot six, five foot seven, five foot eight, which in Caucasian standards is quite short, they do struggle to get the date because traditionally women want taller men. And I've said to them, why don't you get these lifts that you can actually put in your shoes? And it doesn't look like men are wearing high heels, but it will give them an extra inch or two in height. And I said, this is only for that first impression when you're meeting. And men look at me horrified and say, but that's not real. That's fake. And I've gone, right, let's talk about fake and women. Hair dye, false eyelashes, Botox, makeup, false fingernails, chicken fillets. Now, for men that don't know what they are, they're things that girls put in their bras to push the boobs that they've got inwards and upwards to make them look bigger. Fake tans, you know, and on and on we go. We have been doing this for years. And I can remember when my eldest daughter wanted to have her ears pierced and she was under 10 and I said, no, 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 I want you to wait until, I can't remember what age I waited. It was about 14 or something like that. And I think it was 13 teenage years. And I said, I can't do this. This is putting a hole in your ear. It's not my job to do that. You need to be old enough to choose that you are actually about to do something physically that's permanent to your body. And maybe that sounds a bit dramatic, but... No, 
it's not my body. It's not my decision. Yeah. I feel intent is a clever thing. But your comment about the porn industry, have you posed that question to your friend that's involved and successful? Does she feel like there is a line? And what side of the fence does she sit on? Well, she is... um... She's a kind of a bit of a beauty industry maverick anyway. She looks very beachy and very California blonde, but she's very, she's not your, she's not your typical um, sort of pack following beauty person. So she's someone that would go out completely with no makeup on and be totally comfortable. And she said she wouldn't have surgery, but she's saying in LA, the threshold is lower, the, you know, the prices are lower, everybody's having it done, and it has become very much an, an extension of having your nails done, having a facial, next thing it's Botox, fillers, and then possibly going under the knife. To me, I, I also think now with the contouring makeup, this massive trend where we would be doing that kind of makeup really for stage makeup. It's so extreme and you see girls walking around because they've picked up on this trend and at the higher end you know the really what I would say like the Vogue type of model would not be doing that they'd always have gone for a very very natural look and then just crazy looks on the catwalk but facially the makeup is not something that it would would be street makeup and very often is a very clear skin and then a mad eye color Whereas now there's so much pressure for all these girls to have so much makeup on, like layers and layers and layers of it. And I'm like you. I love the housewives and I love all the YouTube videos of all that makeup. It's great fun watching them put it on and play. I I do struggle to think that these girls think that they have to walk around looking like that. And you see, I know I see them around here and I feel like, they feel they can't go out unless they've put on an hour's worth of serious makeup. I love your comment that you've said about your friend is quite capable of going out in public without makeup on. I yeah. feel that is a wonderful line or a test, for want of a better word, of yeah. where do you sit in your self-worth? Because it is yeah. natural for all of us to seek external validation on different things, different aspects yeah. in our lives. So I don't have an issue with us needing to do that when we are putting ourselves out in a different way in life and wanting to test where am I fitting, how am I at, where am I at, where am I benchmarking myself, where am I moving to, and yeah. playing with makeup, playing with dressing up. I have a lot of women in my matchmaking business who are very masculine and I help them to get into the feminine and I'll say play with makeup go buy a dress that's full of color because they're used to wearing uh, very dark colors and they'll wear lots of trousers etc and and this is part of fun so I'm certainly not anti any of the play and I feel and also having a theatrical background being a dancer for many years makeup of course we had so much fun with that. That was like putting the mask on to become another character. And again, yeah. I don't have any problem with that if that's the intent. No different yeah. than I'm a girl that I don't wear makeup unless I'm meeting somebody new through my work or yeah. I'm going out and I see it as good manners for me yeah. to show respect for whatever occasion it is. Yeah. to fit in and I will do so accordingly. Yeah, well, look, and I, I totally agree. I'm to, I totally, I just think there is a huge debate within feminism, for instance, that would actually totally draw a line against all surgery and probably go further and say, you know, why would you dye your hair? Why would you do your nails? Why would you wear makeup at all? Because it's um, it's seen as something that's only done to please men. And I think we've gone far too far in culture to to unravel that argument so I'm prepared quite prepared to leave that where it is and say you know I had 30 years in the beauty industry (laughs) and great fun great fun selling it loved it when it was giving somebody a boost and, and having fun and I was very concerned if I had a customer who I felt just didn't have self-esteem and didn't ever think they were going to look good enough or thought that they should be looking like the posters. Yes. And I've often said when I was in Clarence Inn, like 
1991, the girls in those posters, and I still look at them, and they, it's still true for me, the girls in the posters for the cellulite cream are about 12 years old, and they lie them down. So they're lying, ladies, if you don't know this, <laughs> they're like, if you lie face down, you won't see any cellulites. So they lie them flat on a table, take the picture, and then stand them up. So it's all fake. Well, this is the thing about the integrity of the industry and the advertising where all beauty yeah. products are sold around, you have a flaw. But if yes. we don't buy into that and go, I don't have a flaw, That's but I right. can play with these things. So, again, I think that yes. if one of my girls came to me and said they wanted to have some sort of surgery done, you know, having two teenage girls, yeah. I would be like everything else that is a major decision in life. It's okay, you're going to take six to 12 months to think about this. And the, the more serious that something is, the longer that yeah. period is. You know, it might be five years. Um, yeah. However, it would be in the meantime, you are going to learn to love what you perceive is the flaw and accept that. And if you can get to a point of acceptance, yeah, you may find that you don't need the surgery or you right. may find you would still choose to do it. Maybe yeah. I'd be okay with that. I think I would I would like to see more self-worth coaching going on before people are able to have the knife. Yeah. It's a fine line, isn't it? It's, every case is individual. A very fine line. And my son, you know, my son's 11 and he came to me and said he wanted a tattoo and I said exactly what you just said. So these big things that are going to affect, you know, or stay with you for the rest of your life, that's, to me, that's that's what parenting is about, is trying to guide the, the future for them, prepare them for the future in some way. I've got a tip on tattoos because I'm sure plenty of people listening to this have got children in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. Now, gorgeous Rebecca Detman, who, of course, did the first 200 episodes with me, yeah. we were actually recording our 200th episode up in the Gold Coast and Beck wanted to get a tattoo of the infinity symbol on her finger your wedding ring finger right and she was going to go and get that done and I said I've got an idea for you I want you to go and get one of those spray air gun tattoos they last for about a week to 10 days I said go Mm -hmm. and get that first because you don't know Mm -hmm. what size you want I'm saying what size how big is it going to be and she's guessing and I said go and get one of these done and then sit with that for a week and you might find you want alterations well guess what what she would have had done permanently was not what she wanted. She oh. realised it actually was too small. Oh. And right. I know. Now, now since then, she's had her permanent one done and it looks fabulous. But yeah. I would encourage people to go pay the money to get one of those stencils made of what you think it is you want and then get the spray mm. artist to spray it on wherever you want in your body. And you may find there's mm. some alterations. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you may find oh, that that's enough and you have a bit of fun with that for a week and then you want something absolutely. different. <laughs> and you don't want it, absolutely. And I would say the same with, you know, going into the permanent makeup on the face, the lip lines and the eye lines and the eyebrows particularly. I mean, that's another whole discussion and bear in mind that this whole this whole thing I spoke to another lady who is 60 who was she was like a photographer like a war correspondent before there was digital photography so she's traveled the world she's very independent she's a journalist she's still writing working as a copywriter and as I was discussing it with her I was completely unprepared for her to be saying well absolutely I have them I have fillers done I have it done all the time I was thinking she'd be so totally against it and she just said to me it's ego it's basically ego and I thought oh yeah she's she's kind of right there she is absolutely spot on that's why I dye my hair I am wanting to live fully gray but my ego is not allowing me to do the half half that's where I'm at (laughs) I believe that women do this for other women. I don't think they do it for men. Right. I think in in some cases there are the, if I, like I watched my mother in the 60s, you know, mm. have to be that very perfectly groomed, my father would never see her without makeup on, all of that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen, of course, women that will want to do things to keep their man. There will be yeah. women that want to do things to attract a man, absolutely. However, yeah. I feel the vast majority of what we do is often 
around what other women think of us. Just to explore that. <laughs> well, and also, I think because only another woman would notice most of it. You know, a man will say you look nice, but they don't know that is the very latest thing or the latest shoe or the tiny nuances and the things that change in fashion, makeup, hair, everything. Um, and so, yes, there is that. But it could also be seen as a slight competition thing with women. And a lot of it is unfortunately is pressure to look good for men. And the fact that women who wear makeup is proven that women who wear makeup get paid more in work. You have to wear make. you know, in the corporate world, you have to wear makeup. No doubt about it. So interestingly, though, as a matchmaker, Sasha, I would oh, yeah. say more than I would say more than fifty percent of men who yeah. come to me, if I say to them, "What are you looking for in a woman?" They'll say, "I want yeah. somebody natural." Yeah, they actually don't. They they they, they want. A, they do. They do absolutely. Good man, I believe that. But we're in a very superficial world overall. And I believe a lot of men will say they want someone natural, but they're all ogling the blonde with the makeup and the nails and the high heels. And I know I know this from being in the industry, doing makeup on models and so on. I had a friend who had waist length peroxide blonde hair and you couldn't take her anywhere. It was like bees around a honeypot. She's struggled all her life. She's now finally found a lovely partner. But a lot of very sort of superficial men following that around. It's, it's, well, as we said, it's a huge, huge topic. Yeah, it is. When you're out there, be careful in the be careful in the clubs and pubs because that's what they are going to be sniffing around, and it's just all all superficial. Well, I'm going to argue on that one. They will yeah. be sniffing around. Yeah. However, that's not for a relationship with. That is purely that's wanting right. sex. Right. So that's, that's two right. different things. Uh, the men that are desiring a relationship, I'm not saying that they don't, they will also say somebody well presented. And that yeah. does mean hair done nicely, makeup done nicely, but they're not wanting the over the top that we are yeah. seeing. They actually don't want that. They'll say, I wish that she could tone it down. Now, one of my multi-millionaires that I'm uh, coached and matched up with his partner actually said to me a couple of weeks before their wedding, he said, how do I tell her I don't want her to wear all of that gunk on our wedding day? Yeah. How do I tell her she's beautiful as she is and I don't mind her when she puts a bit of makeup on, she looks even more beautiful, but I don't want her going over the top. How do I say that? And that's mm. what's happened with the trend is the over the top and that, that yeah. honestly the men are not liking that at all they want to rub it off they want to see what they yeah. think is natural which is probably yeah. what their mothers were doing in the 60s yes yes and I think as well I mean you look at the the people that are the most popular Hollywood actresses are people like Jennifer Anderson who is seen as a natural beauty isn't she yes and yes. Uh, but I have to I can't I can't stop this recording though until I say because I've just done a monologue right. about what men want <laughs> and the yeah. reason I've done that is yeah. to show the illusion of perhaps if women are dressing for men that they are not actually dressing for what men want. But how about we let that all go out the window and we just mm. go for what is it we want? What is the mm. image I wish to portray today or tonight? And I might change that and portray a different one tomorrow. How is it that I wish to explore all the many beautiful facets of femininity yeah. and what that looks like? I might be a warrior mm. woman today. I might be a goddess yeah. tomorrow. I might be the princess yeah. the day after. I might be the fairy pixie energy the day after that. I might yeah. be the earth mother the day after that. Who cares? Have fun yeah. exploring all of those avenues, but do it with intent. So just support, support, support so that you are helping that person to feel good in their own skin and be exactly what you said with the intent. Loving it. <laughs> Sasha, thank you so much. It's been so beautiful to have your energy and your wisdom with us. And thank you. You so divinely researched. You spoke to some powerful friends that you have, and yes. I'm really grateful for you sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. Hi, my name is Rubia and I'm from Brisbane, Queensland. Rubia, you, I believe, have had cosmetic surgery. That's correct, I have. 
So what are we allowed to ask? What have you had happen? Yes, so I had uh, breast implants about two years ago, and that was done in Brazil, which is the country where I was born. Yes, so my family's still there, so I had their support. Now I know everybody listening to this is going to say, "What led to the decision to have breast implants?" So Jane, it's very funny you ask that question because when I was younger, I had breast maybe a C cup. And I used to always say I would never get breast implants because it's always plastic surgery. It's quite a big thing in Brazil. It's quite common. Um, and, you know, from a young age, I would see friends getting and I'm like, oh, thank God, I don't need that. And I would judge women that would get it done. I would say, you don't need that. Just accept yourself for who you are and the body, your body, the way that it is. And anyway, in 2012, I, I really got into fitness and health and somebody said, oh, why don't you compete in a fitness competition? And I was like, oh, yes, that would be lovely. And I thought, I, I, why not? So I did a, a fitness comp. I competed as a fitness model, which I had to obviously shed quite a lot of fat. I, was, I am naturally lean anyway. I was around, you know, 10% body fat for the competition. So to get to that point, I lost a lot of extra fat that I had in my body, including my breasts. Anyway, I competed uh, it was a great experience, very hard. I didn't like all the food restrictions anyway. I never did it again, but my breasts never got back to the same size. They stayed a cup. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, because I have a little, even though I'm lean, I'm a little bit curvy. So I have a little bit of a, a Brazilian booty. And I remember I would put like a dress. I was like, oh, I miss my breast. And I would see the curve at the bottom, no curves at the top. And I am very, very visual. And I love, I'm a little bit OCD with things just being, you know, like uh, matching. So I would go like, oh, something's missing. And I would always try to talk myself out of it. I love natural therapies. I did a year and a half of naturopathy. And I've been into spirituality since, since a very young age and accepting yourself the way you are. And I remember saying, you know, one day I'm studying counseling at the moment. And I thought I want to help women, empower women to love themselves for who they are. So if I get breast implants, how can I tell them to love themselves for who they are? Anyway, I was in that battle for about two, three years, you know, that, that the part of me that wanted and the part of me that didn't want it. And I saw a theater healing practitioner and for something else, I think it was something about relationship. And I had a chat to her at the end of the session. I said, you know, I've been thinking about this and I think I want to do it. But, you know, I don't know. She said, well, but you know what? If it makes you happy, just do it. Who cares who cares are you gonna hurt anyone are you gonna hurt yourself no just get it done and you know what if one day you think i don't like them anymore you can actually get them taken out of course you know it's easier said than done it was a light bulb moment i was like oh my god i can just you know why am i i i have all these judgments about it probably because i used to judge people about it as well um, and that was it. That day, I actually uh, messaged my sister. She had was in contact with the doctor in Brazil, and I started getting it all organized. I was a little bit scared, but I was very lucky. It's a friend of the family, so my sister already had it done with him and some other friends. Um, so he's a, a very well-known person. He's very caring, so I knew that I was safe, and I also went to Brazil. It's a lot cheaper there as well. And I had my lovely mother to look after me because obviously the first couple of days, you know, you can't really do much. And I have, I'm very lucky. I've always been really healthy and I looked after myself before, during and after post-surgery and I healed very well and I never, ever regret it. And I love it. I love just looking, you know, because I'm visually looking, put on a dress. It looks like, oh, now it looks perfect. You know, of course, not perfect. And I don't care about aging. I don't like, you know, even though I did get two bits of plastic silicone put inside my body, I still love natural therapy. So I'm very into all the uh, natural healing. I, I don't mind about, you know, wrinkles and stuff like that. I just use natural oils on my face and on my skin. So I, I'm still the same person that I am. I think he was more to satisfy the visual person that I am. And I, I love sculpting my body. I still like go to the gym on a Friday afternoon and people are like, oh, you're really determined and you're really, I'm like, no, I love it. It's just a passion. Like for me, looking after my body, it's a passion and it gives me pleasure. It's not something that's like, oh my God, I have to go to the gym. No, it's something that I'm really passionate about. The thing that I've really noticed in your story, and thank you so much for sharing this 
is that this was a very conscious decision that you made over a long period of time exploring, is this my self-worth? What is this? You know, you really made the decision for you. And I feel that is what I love to encourage people in any big decision that they are making to take their time and really look at the intent behind it. I'm curious, do you feel judged by others for having had breast implants? Um, Everyone around me, they were like, you don't need it because I still had a little bit and like, I don't think you need it. I said, but it's not about what people think. It's about what I think. I'm not doing it for people. I'm doing it for myself. And I don't usually, you know, some people don't even know I have it because I don't go around, you know, showing them off or wearing really (laughs) low cut top. You know, um, as I said, it's for myself. And I had some friends that said, I don't think you should do it. I have a friend, she's quite hippie. She said, when she first saw me, she's like, take them out. I was like, oh, stop it. But she's still accepted. I find that when I meet people and if the subject comes up and I talk to them, they see who I am. If they can feel my energy, they can see the person that I am. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that that's cool. You know, good on you for doing that. I never share anything on social media and I recently shared because the part of me that doesn't like being judged felt the need to sharing it because I I was thinking to myself, why am I doing this? And I shared and I think I was highly judged. But because it's in social media, there's only so much that you can express yourself on social media. There's only so much that you can write, you know, on a little post or a little comment. So I deleted the post, the, the comment a day later because I was like, I can't. You know, I can't, that's not who I am. That the, that small paragraph is not who I am. And people will be reading that on, and go, God knows what they will be thinking. You know, if people would take the time to send me a private message and have a chat, give me a call, then, you know, doing what we're doing right now, I have no problems. But social media, it's definitely very judgmental. And I have learned my lesson the hard way and I would never share anything on social media again because people don't know who you are. So it's very easy to judge. Oh, she's probably you know, very materialistic and has no, um, she probably has issues, self-esteem, whatever, God knows what people would think. I guess that they would think that. They might think she just wants to get a man or she doesn't feel she wants to be sexy or what, that there's all sorts of judgments that go on. Yeah. I feel I want to thank you even more for sharing your story with the Love Life Tribe because you have just been judged on social media and yet you boldly have placed your hand up to share your story. Yeah. And I think that of 240-odd episodes of Love Life, the intent behind the very vast majority of our episodes for me is to help us to grow in compassion and empathy. And we do that by hearing stories that are contradictory to what it is that we currently believe. And as you share that, people don't know you, but those who you have shared your story with in person, who are in your energy, who have the opportunity to find out more about who you are, no longer have the concerns of, oh, it's low self-esteem or, oh, she's wanting to be sexy or, oh, she's wanting to get a man or keep a man or, oh, she's only caring about the superficial beauty or whatever their preconceived idea is. It's actually no different in a way to me as a smoker. Now, I have felt judged on and off as I've smoked on and off through my battles over the years. There's huge judgment around that. I've had people say, you've got no right to healthcare ever because you're killing yourself, blah, blah, blah. You have strangers that will just walk past, give you a disgusting look and say, (laughs) you're going to die. And you go, well, yeah, I know. Nobody is putting more shame on me than I am. But those who know me, they know my battles, they know my demons, they know my beautiful self as well, they know my heart, and they know that that's something that Jane just works through, just like everybody else has got their stuff. And when we can understand that and not judge but come from compassion, we can come from curiosity as well. If people are judging on anything, to reach for curiosity instead of judgment, is a wonderful reaching for a better feeling thought. And if we become curious, then we can ask the questions to become educated from another viewpoint. And so I feel these conversations are really important to help people to go, 
What is the intent by everybody's actions? We see an action that's not approved. What's the intent behind Jane being a cigarette addict? I can answer that. It's a very long question, so I won't be answering (laughs) it in this episode. What was the intention behind you having breast implants? You can answer that. You were talking about studying naturopathy, studying counseling. How can I help women to teach them to love themselves more and love who they are in the now when I've got breast implants? And I get that because I can remember when Beck first asked me to do this podcast with her, I said, I can't do this. I'm not perfect. (laughs) And we laughed about that and we workshopped that and we said, well, you know, who is? And if everybody was waiting to be perfect, a perfect role model for whatever it is they are teaching or sharing or encouraging or promoting, then nobody would do anything ever because we are never that person. So having now had the surgery and now, are you now coaching women with uh, self-love and appreciation and gratitude for who they are? So I'm still studying counselling. I haven't finished my course yet. I'm doing holistic counselling. But with I've always helped friends and um, work colleagues. And what I have always said, just love yourself for who you are. But now the more is do whatever makes you feel comfortable. So if you have the means and if you can go out there and do, you know, if you want to get breast implants, go there and get it done. I am not really big into all the cosmetics, like the chemical cosmetics. I'm not into that at all. I don't think he, you know, it really works. But if someone says, you know, it makes me happy, I want to do that, go and do it. I just tell people, do what you think is best for you. So when they ask my opinion, what do you think if I should, should I do blah, 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 I would just say, it makes you happy, do it. It doesn't matter what I think and what other people think. It doesn't matter. It's what makes you happy that matters. And a big lesson that I have learned uh, recently after, you know, sharing, trying to share my story um, online, it's about judging because you know we all judge and criticize other people so now I am trying to come more from a place of love when I see someone that I'm I want to judge them I said okay why am I judging them because I have been on the other side so on that side I have been the one judged and criticized so now I am coming from a more a place of love and compassion it's being a big very a great lesson for me being judged has helped me become a better more compassionate person. Beautiful. I always try to share with people, but even more so now to share with people and say, who cares what other people think? Not everyone in this world and everyone that you know, everyone at work in society will love you anyway. So why do you care? Because we can't please everybody. And if people are judging, I always tell one thing that I tell people that judge, look inside yourself. Where is that coming from? Why are you judging that person? Is there something that she's doing or that he's doing Why does it bother you so much that you have to judge? I recently had, or a few years ago now, uh, a beautiful friend who went through a very traumatic marriage separation. And she was uh, told by her ex-husband that he couldn't love her anymore because she was unattractive as she had aged. Now, that's a big ouch. (laughs) That's a big ouch. Yeah. Through the separation, lost an awful lot of weight uh, through stress. It wasn't through design. But the bonus for her was that she actually really enjoyed how her body became very lean and and she felt very beautiful and attractive. She went and she became quite obsessed for a period of time with (laughs) Botox and fillers. And I would say to her, I don't feel you need that, but why are you doing it? I want to know the why, because I love you and I want you to be the best version of yourself. Why are you doing it? And at first, She wasn't able to answer it because she was still in in a lot of shock from the separation. Over time, she was able to articulate that she was only planning on doing it temporarily, but she was doing it because it was making her feel the opposite to what her ex-husband had accused her of being. She wanted to feel young, attractive, beautiful, appealing, sexy, and she wanted external validation of that because externally she'd been attacked for being that. And I watched her over a 12-month period, and she was physically incredibly attractive. But as she started to heal, I watched her stop doing it, or doing it less, I should say, less often, and I watched her start to radiate that true beauty that comes from within, and that excited me. So I feel that when we know the why for what we're doing, 
and what it is that we are wanting to achieve and how is that going to make life different. We can have a more conscious choice. I guess my fear is around cosmetic surgery. My fear, and I'd love to ask you your thoughts on this, is that if it becomes the norm, how strong are we as women to keep saying no to something that ultimately places us in a minority group of huge judgment? Um, Jane, I think I have to ask you to... Repeat the question. I know. It's a big question, isn't it? Okay, so I'm imagining, fast forward however many years, where it is the norm that as soon as you are 16 or 18 years old, it is the norm that everybody gets Botox, fillers. As they hit 25, they're having their first facelift because there might be some loose skin appearing on their face. As they hit 40, they're having their second one, 50, their third one. Um, They're having vaginal, vagina, you know, surgery after children. They've breastfed. They're having, um, you know, those lifts that they do with breasts, et cetera, that this becomes the norm. And it is what is society's expectation of a female. Yeah. So when that really hits a majority Therefore, what it asks of the minority that would choose to remain um, not moving down that path, the pressure on that minority is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Do we run the risk of everybody capitulating through tired of not fitting in? I don't think we do. Um, I think... parents will have a big, you know, with social media and how the way things are going, everything is happening earlier and earlier. It will be what up to the parents to teach children about self-love and their self-esteem and that they don't actually need any of that. I think that's a big thing, you know, and giving them also giving them love because if you get that love from your parents, you go up on a nurturing, loving, compassionate, um, if you have a childhood like that, I think you become a better adult. After starting counselling, I had realised, you know, 90% of the issues come, you know, from childhood, even a baby and teenage years. So I think for me, for, as an example, I'm 35. So I got the, the implants when I was 33. And I'm sure, I think when I was about 20, I asked my father, I wanted to get um, liposuction, you know, on my back. I had the tiny little bit of fat. It was ridiculous. And he said to me, you are ridiculous. He said, you just need to stop eating so much. And I wasn't. He said, look at you eating the pizza. I never forget that day. I was eating pizza and whinging about the fat on my back. He said, you just need to start eating healthy. Don't be ridiculous. You, you're not going to get that done. But it was, you know, back in the day, uh, was more dependent on parents. So the parents had more of a say. And I had a lot of, I could get got out of my way and go and get it done when I was 20. Uh, thankfully, I had a good relationship with my parents and I listened to my parents and I, thank God, I didn't go out there and started getting that done when I was 20. So, and then I had their support when I was older. They're like, okay, you, you're able to, you know, 33, you can make your own decisions now. So I think it's a big thing of, um, yeah, just education, parents educating their children, you know, self-love, self-esteem, compassion. It's a massive thing. Do you believe that one day we will have a society where we actually celebrate and love the authentic flaws, perceived flaws, you know, that we actually go, wow, I love that that person's got freckles or that that person's got a birthmark or that person's got a crooked nose or, you know, I look at Hollywood actresses and I I love when I see the crooked teeth or um, the real wrinkles of expression of, you know, Battles fought and some won and some lost that <laughs> caused the gorgeous aging process. Do you think we'll get yeah. to that point one day? I think a lot of us are already. It's just not advertised out there. You know, people just don't put that much. Oh, some people do actually maybe might put that on social media. I love that as well. When I see older women on, you know, uh, Hollywood, for example, they aren't, you can see that they're aging gracefully instead of feeling their face with Botox. Um, I think that already happens. I'm one of those people and look like you are as well, even though, you know, I did get the breast implants. But no, but you see, I don't want you to feel you have to say that. Yeah. 
Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. if we're really at that that point of of total acceptance, then it's where you go, I feel I am that person without saying even though I. You know, yeah. we've all we've all got the even though I because we travel life in stages. And and I love when you say if it makes you happy, do it in the sense of it's making you happy, not yes. to gain something externally. Yes. Or if it is externally, it is to feed the internal as you grow the strength of the internal. And so we can be at that point of recognizing our journeys. You know, everything that's happened to me is about me. And I look back and think the things that I perceived were mistakes actually weren't. They were important growth points for me at different parts of my journey. And maybe the things I thought were brilliant maybe weren't. You know, it is, there it is, it's just a journey. (laughs) Any final words that you would like to add on this interesting topic that we are trying to do justice in an under an hour show. Any final words that you'd like to add? Yes. uh, Just wherever you come from, when you are pointing your finger at somebody, just stop yourself and think, put your hand in your heart and say, where is this coming from? Can I come from a place of love instead of coming from a place of judging, criticizing or fear or whatever it is? And um, accept people for who they are, the way that they are, as long as they're not harming anyone, they're not harming uh, you, accept them for who they are. I think it all starts with ourselves. And, you know, you see the world now, there's so much happening. And a lot of it, it's because we don't agree with each other. There's so much war, war online and war out there. It's all we need. It's more love. And I think even this, it comes down just to love instead of the um, more love to ourselves and more love to others, whether you know you are face-to-face or whether you are on the other side of the screen, just give each other more love. And, you know, I think the world will be a much better place. You are totally yeah. listening to The Love Life Show with gorgeous <laughs> Rubia's beautiful words of wisdom there. Thank you so much for sharing, and I hope that you do feel very safe knowing that you have – educated people on some people who do have plastic surgery and what your story is about. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for having me. We're all having a human experience, which to me means we're spiritual beings having a human experience with all the glory and mess that comes with that. We each have our own soul contract and blueprint of life to be experienced. And with that, We are not in a position to judge another's choice. All I encourage is to be self-aware of the decisions that you make for you. Well, what a huge topic we've tried to tackle today. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, I think that this particular topic could have its own podcast series. So I hope you have enjoyed the beautiful stories that have been shared from Sasha and from Rubia. What's your thoughts on cosmetic surgery? We'd love to hear from you. So please jump into the private closed Facebook group, which is Love Life Tribe. And you can find that by heading to facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show. And the link to put in a request to join the group is pinned to the top of that page. So until next week, stay loving each other. Come from compassion, empathy or curiosity. And have a gorgeous week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.